0: Hey there. Are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com, slash chart calculator. Now let's get started. I'm glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to your yogiscope for the week of February 14th. 2022. So the primary topic for this episode is going to be the full moon that's happening today. As I record this, it happens, oh, in a couple hours. I'm recording in the morning of Wednesday, February 16th. And the full moon is definitely my favorite astrological event happening this week. I'm going to talk about some other things happening in the, in the stars, among the stars and the planets, um, and how I think they relate to the full moon and how I think you can best work with this energy this week. And so, as y'all may know, um, so the full moon is happening um, at about 11.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, I'm over here on the East Coast um, of the United States. And so, that's when the full moon is at its peak. But, as you may know, if you've been around here for a little bit or you've heard somewhere else that... Full moons actually, full moons, moon phases last about two to three days, so you could really do these practices anytime this week. Any, you know, it, it, they're all valuable things to do anytime. So we'll get into what's happening in the skies in just a second, and how I think you can work with that. With as always, some yoga practices and journal prompts coming your way at the end after I explain. Um, the astrology behind kind of how I arrived at those things and why I think they would be helpful. Um, I just, a couple quick announcements. So I'm making it my goal to have the new moon circle dates and times announced by the full moon, like the full moon immediately prior. There's like about two weeks apart, new moons and full moons. So as promised, the next new moon circle will be Sunday, February 27th at 12 PM Eastern standard time, Last time I tried to make it like 8pm or 7.30pm or something, I don't know, it was like late in the, I think I made it 8 because my kid is like always usually definitely in bed by 8pm, but not, it's like hit or miss with 7.30, like sometimes he is and sometimes he's not, so that's why I chose 8, but to be real with you, um, I am not my best at that time of day. I am usually pretty spent as a toddler mom, so I'm going to try 12pm because that's in My toddler's nap time. And as always, um, that new moon circles are free for people in the Yogi Scopes community and in the membership. Um, it's part of your membership. So, uh, and the drop-in is $25 if you're not a member. So a month in the membership is now $17.99 or you can pay like $197 for the whole year, which basically gives you one month free. Um, And so even if you only came to the new moon circles, you're like getting your money's worth with a membership um, because a month in the membership is cheaper than a drop in of the new moon circle. And in the new moon circle, we go over, um, we have some centering, some yoga practices, uh, just depending, always made to match up with the astrology of that new moon and whatever else is going on. And then we have a chance to share and be among community and reflect. And um, it's just a pretty chill time. So, yeah, so next one is on February 27th at 12 p.m. I will get the um, drop-in link up on the website probably sometime by the end of the week. Um, but if right now, if you want, you can go and click the old one last month's. And if you click on it, like you were going to sign up for February's, you it'll take you to a page where you can, like, drop your email address, and then I will email you it. My fancy website, it will put a little tag on when you sign up on that page that you're interested in the new moon circle. And then I email everybody who's indicated interest in the new moon circle or been to a previous one. um, When I make the drop in sign up live, I send out an email. I also post it in my Facebook group. So those are good ways to stay in touch with me. And that's a good segue into, by the way, reminder i said it a lot, but I don't want it to be a surprise in case you're new around here. My books are closing for one-on-one sessions on March 4th, which is a Friday. So if you book a reading between now and then, or if you purchase a reading between now and then, you can schedule it anytime between now and March 4th. If you do purchase one, um, because there are a few deals going on for readings right now, various things, like if you buy, um, if you join the membership, you can get a cheaper price for the reading at checkout or actually after checkout. Same thing if you buy the 2022 planner. Um, and so if you purchase it now and you can't and that like none of the times work for you between now and March 4th, um, that's only like two weeks away, by the way. Um, if none of the times work for you, you can first try sending me an email because there may be like, we may be able to work something out, but it just know that it will also like, it doesn't expire. You can still book after i come back i just don't have a hard and fast date when that will be i'm expecting may sometime um so just a reminder get in there because also when i come back the deals i have for readings will no longer exist um and you'll have to pay the new price if you want one so and also just like weird thing because i'm super pregnant that's if i didn't say this time that's why i'm closing my books because I'm taking a maternity leave, I really think, you know, something about being pregnant, I, like, I'm not saying my readings are bad otherwise. It just makes me feel a little bit more spiritually connected. Like, the veil is a little bit more thin. So, it's kind of like a really good time to get a reading. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, that's that. Um, so, the full moon is happening in Leo in the nakshatra or lunar mansion of magha. And I will explain everything about what that means in a moment, but I first want to touch on like, like I said, the other astrological things that are happening because nothing happens in a vacuum. And that's why you're here to listen to me, right? Because you can look up where the full moon is and you might know some things about the full moon in Leo, but I'm staying plugged in all the time to what else is happening in the sky and how it all relates and attempting to help you piece it together so that you can take really aligned action most of the time, right? At least that's my goal and that's what I aim to do. So um, also happening this week on Saturday, last Saturday, February 12th, uh, the sun entered Sidereal Aquarius. So the sun is actually pretty soon getting ready to enter getting ready to leave uh tropical aquarius so if you stay plugged into the you know western astrology that might seem a little weird that we're actually just starting what is sometimes called aquarius season um as marked by the sun anyway um we've had aquarius energy going on for a little bit jupiter's been in aquarius since um like november of last year i believe the 20th of november Um, So that brings a lot of Aquarius energy, and then the sun moved there on Saturday, and so we'll talk about how that relates to the full moon momentarily, but I just suffice it to say that a full moon happens when the sun and the moon are completely opposite each other in the zodiac, like in in the signs, and Aquarius and Leo are completely opposite each other. So of course, the sun is fully aspecting the moon, but that's what a full moon is, it's when the sun and the moon come. So the, the moment I tell you, like when I say it's happening at 1155 AM Eastern time, 1155 AM is the minute when the sun and the moon come to the same degree of, um, Aquarius and Leo respectively. And that's how I find that time. Um, and if you look it up on the internet, like you'll find a few minutes difference depending on location, time zone, whatever, close enough, like today, it's happening today, you know, so you could have done your full moon stuff last night, you could do it tonight, you could do it tomorrow if you wanted to, Um, and we'll talk momentarily about what full moon stuff I think is indicated, um, like in terms of yoga practices and journal prompts, of course, Um, but then the other stuff happening this week, and I mentioned this on the February forecast, um, but happening now. So I last week, I did the episode about Rahu and K2, just a general overview. And so on Monday, K2 entered Vishaka, the nakshatra where it, it bridges Scorpio and Libra. So we're kind of ushering in some of the big changes that are to come in March. I've spent a lot of time talking about that. I just want you to be aware that happened on Monday. Um, could be a big deal. But It's not what I'm here to talk about today. It's not as related to the full moon um, as directly related, but of course it is related because it's something, it's a big thing happening astrologically. And so I've been talking about all about this, about the um, kind of karmic shifts we're going to be seeing in March and how we're ushering that in and how right now we need to be setting ourselves up for success for what's going to happen then. So just go back and listen to that Rahu and Ketu episode, the February Um, Outlook, if you want more insight about that, it's in there. But then two other big things happening this week that to me seem more relevant to the full moon specifically. First, Saturn enters Dynishtha tomorrow. So at about 3 p.m. ish Eastern time, 10 till 3 Eastern time, Saturn will move into Dynishtha which is a nakshatra, a lunar mansion that spans between Aquarius and Capricorn. So it's on the Capricorn side right now, but that's another indication I talked about on the February forecast about um, kind of just trickling in of the shifts to come. So that's another indication, but the reason that one is more relevant to the full moon is because, first of all, the sun is in Indonesia right now, and Saturn's getting ready to go there. So, um, just what I'd like you to think about or know mostly about that is that the things that the full moon practices that you do, um, you could incorporate this Saturn element. Um, you know, that was why I actually titled the February outlook episode, find your rhythm because Danista is symbolized by a drum. Um, and so it has this connection to like warrior-like energy, you know, like a war drum, um, but also, like, rhythmic symphonies. Um, it's symbolized by a female lion, so to me, that just brings a connection to Leo in general, but also the fact that it, um, spans into Aquarius, so when, like, while the sun is now in Indonesia, but on the Aquarius side, um... It, it brings both energies of Capricorn and Aquarius, but the sun is on the Aquarius side in Indonesia. So that's aspecting Leo, where the moon is, where the full moon is happening. Um, so that's just basically when I say aspecting, it's like bringing a connection. It's bringing the energies together, even though they're not in the same sign right now. It's, it's bringing a connection there. Um, and then on Friday, Mercury enters the nakshatra shravana, which... If you recall, the new moon at the beginning of the month, um, so that was, again, depending on your time zone or, like, where you looked on the internet, that that new moon, the most recent new moon, fell on, like, 1245 a.m. February 1st or something like that, Eastern time. So, depending on where you were, it could have been on January 31st, but just know I'm talking about the most recent new moon, and Mercury's getting ready to go there um, on Friday. So this week we are seeing a lot of stuff, just more of this Saturn, Jupiter, Capricorn, Aquarius energy kind of just really coming to the forefront being really important right now. And I'll talk about what all that means, of course, with the full moon stuff, but I just want to say we're ushering in changes that are to come. So this full moon is a really good opportunity, as full moons are, because full moons are kind of the peak of, they're the peak of the lunar cycle. The only way to go from the full moon is down, so that's why the full moons are um, a time to release. So if you want to release anything, if you've been following along for a little bit, um, release anything that's kind of standing in the way of who and how you want to show up who you want to show up as, how you want to show up in the world coming, you know, in March, what are you trying to usher in? What are you wanting to do or be or experience? So I've been talking about all of that. Um, there's a really in-depth episode on the membership if you want to go and listen to that, um, or you can just wait for the episodes as they come out about what's coming up in March. Um, but just know that this full moon is a really good time, not only because of the The changes that are coming up, uh, the big karmic shifts that are coming up, um, but also just because Leo has a lot to do with how we show up in the world. I mean, it's like self-expression. It's ruled by the sun. It has to do with our vitality and how we show ourselves in the world. So in a nutshell with this full moon, and we'll get more in depth to what it could mean and how to work with the energy. In a nutshell, it's like... What can you release that's standing in the way of you showing up as your best self? So that's just taken at face value, full moon and Leo. What can you release? Because it's a full moon. Um, that's keeping you from showing up as your best self because of Leo and the sun and vitality. So there's that. But then let's get more into the, um, specific nakshatra, magha, what that means, um, and how to work with that energy with yoga practices and journal prompts, as always. So, Magha is represented by the brightest star in the constellation of Leo. Um, and so, we always look to the astronomy uh, to kind of gain insight into where these archetypes, the astrological, where the reasoning from the astrological archetypes comes from, right? Because people used to sit around and look up at the sky and make up stories and, um, we found now that that works, you know. Um, so anyway, so the brightest star it has the maka translates to magnificent, or also some people say mighty one. And you know, Leo is a lion, and lion is said to be like king of the jungle, very regal, royal, a lot of connections to royalty here. Um, and the your mansion is symbolized by a royal throne. So let's unpack that a little bit more. This connection to royalty and magnificence. So like I said with Leo, thinking about stepping into your power. How can you step into your own magnificence? But through the lens of royalty, okay, what is the thing with royalty? It's all lineage-based. It's all like who are your ancestors. You don't just like become royalty, you know, you have to be like born into it. So it has this huge connection because of that to ancestral stuff, to lineages. Um, And we're going to unpack that a little bit more because that's the most interesting piece to me. So that's what I'm choosing to focus on. um, Because I think there's there's a lot to it. If we want to think about how our ancestry and our lineage for better or for worse, impacts how we show up in the world and how we step into our magnificence, Uh, there's a lot, a lot we can do there to work with that, right? So, generally, people with um, important placements like moon or ascendant in Magha will have a strong connection to their lineage, um, which can also bring, like, grand expectations for your children if you have them, because um that whole like you know living up to the line your bloodline type idea or also you know strong expectations for yourself which can be a good thing right um but then it also produces appreciation for tradition and ritual so we'll talk about some things um that we can use to incorporate that in the full moon practice um and so i want to start planting the seed of the thought what about where you come from? So this can be... And I want to say like... I'm talking about this from the more traditional lens. Like Vedic astrology. Thousands of years old. Very patriarchal. Hierarchical. hierarchical, Is that how you say that word? Anyway. Um, kind of background to this system. That's a caveat I like to give a lot. and We can kind of take it and apply it to our own. So it's not just like... Your specific family of origin I'm talking about. This could be like... you practice yoga your yoga lineage um it could you know because as you may know if you are really deep into practicing yoga lineages are pretty important there same kind of system so it could be your family lineage your um teacher lineage you know like the people that come before you it could also be like the neighborhood or community you grew up in like where you come from how can that um How does that affect how you show up in a positive way or in a negative way? So when we get into the journal prompts and stuff, I have some things that I hope will help you sort through that and like kind of keep what you like and leave the rest. I mean, I think that's the idea most of the time with a full moon is to really uh, reflect on how we're showing up in a certain way, uh, what parts of our life and upbringing have made us show up that way. I guess maybe that's not always the full moon. It totally is for this one, though, like. This is, like, inner child work. Um, Which, by the way, I had planned to do an inner child series. I have it all planned out of, like, three or four episodes over on the Science of Light. But it's looking like I'm not going to get those out before my maternity leave. You can hear more about that over there. I'll cover it. Um, But so be on the lookout for Wisdom Talks. I always link that in my social media in the show notes, in the section where I've got my social media links wisdom is social audio um and I like it and I'm planning to use it a lot when I take maternity leave for whatever podcasts I don't get pre-recorded before I go I will just be doing them as wisdom talks so if I disappear because I have the baby early or something um and you have an appointment don't worry I will reach out to you personally and we'll figure it out but um if I disappear and you're like missing the podcast and wondering where I went don't wonder. Just know I had a baby, and um, where you can find me is Wisdom, my Facebook group, all these things linked in the social mu- or in the show notes um, every time. And so, anyway, this full moon specifically has a lot to do with inner child work, like attachment theory, things that like your perhaps family of origin or like where you come from, the communities whether that be your family or some other community, how those shape your identity and if that is still working for you. If it is still working for you, good. I hope there are some things from that that are working for you. I want to, like, make sure with this one, because some tougher stuff can come up with this, with this topic especially, I want to make sure that I emphasize that, like, even, you know, like, all of our families have, like, shit, right? Like, we all have just stuff with childhood, whatever, like nobody's perfect. Nobody had a perfect upbringing. Even if you had a really good one, nobody had a perfect one. And so you can, you can focus on the bad. You could focus on the things that you want to release. That's fine. It is a full moon, but you could also focus on the good and look at, um, even if you came from like a really hard upbringing, what are some of the good things that you gained from, your upbringing or the communities you came up in, um, that can, that you can leverage to your advantage to really show up in the best way kind of is, is really the whole deal with this, this full moon. So quick little reminder, like I mentioned earlier, Aquarius it, or Jupiter is in Aquarius. So that just adds an expansive element to our self-expression. So, um, it's all about self-expression and to bring a little background. So you could just focus on how you're showing up in the world. Maybe you don't want to go there with, um, that childhood stuff. Maybe this isn't the right thing. You know, if, if you have a certain level of childhood stuff or whatever, it could be better addressed with a therapist. And I want to give you that reminder to be gentle with yourself, only unpack stuff, um, that you feel equipped to handle. And if you don't, I hope that you're able to reach out for guidance or, um, you know, I realize that a lot of people are like therapy, therapy, and they kind of gloss over how it can be inaccessible. So I hope you're able to find some resources. Um, if it feels challenging to you, please reach out to me and I'm like happy to not like pretend to be your therapist, but, um, do what I can with, with what's in the, within the scope of my work. And then also maybe help you find some resources cause I'm kind of good at that. It can be helpful a little bit. I don't know. It can be helpful to just not have to go it alone, right? Anyway, so with all that, when we're going to talk about, so I'm going to talk about generational trauma. And I want to talk about it from like a practical standpoint because a lot of times I hear generational trauma and I'm like, that doesn't seem super embodied or accessible. Um, So I'm going to talk about generational trauma from like my super simple, practical standpoint, but just also know that there is something to, um, like, the trauma that your parents, grandparents, ancestors experience, very real trauma, gets passed down through epigenetics. And so that's the kind of thing that um, you could look more into with somebody a little bit more qualified. Like, that's not the kind of thing we would talk about in an astrology reading. Epigenetics? Probably not. But what we might talk about... Is um, how generational trauma doesn't just have to be like if somebody in your lineage above you was physically abused or experienced physical violence or something extremely traumatic. It can be simpler than that. It can be as simple as like you had really good parents but they were really stressed out all the time and they provided all your physical needs but they weren't in a place to provide for your emotional needs so it can run the gamut of like maybe you know there's a there's epigenetics of like physical abuse that could be a thing um but it is equally as valid if your caregivers weren't as emotionally connected because emotional needs are needs you know we Like, just because we have all of our physical needs met, the missing link sometimes can be are our emotional needs getting met. And so this is all just a part of my grander scheme hope that we kind of normalize talking about this stuff, talking about emotional vulnerability, emotional availability, making it a little bit more normalized to kind of be there for each other emotionally. So like I said, some things are totally better suited for unpacking with a highly skilled professional like a therapist or a psychiatrist. But some things I hope that we're able to kind of quit pathologizing, you know, normal human emotions and trying to sterilize emotions and saying, take that shit to therapy and like come back when you can only talk about the happy and the good stuff, right? So some stuff is totally better suited for therapy. Some stuff... I hope we're able to start to process in our communities better. And that's what I'm hoping. um, That's what's on my mind for this full moon is the ways that. And I, I don't say this to be like dismissive of. Folks that have like super severe generational trauma. I just think that. This is an important piece that can often be overlooked um, regardless of the severity of whatever generational trauma there might be showing up as. So, like I said earlier, there are positive pieces to um, our family lineages and stuff. And I have in the journal prompts things things to help you kind of lean into uh, those positive experiences. But sometimes, so maybe your generational trauma is like there was some physical violence Or whatever and that cycle was perpetuated onto you and you want to be the one that stops it but maybe not and so this is where i'm like trying to be careful i don't want to be dismissive of those quote-unquote more severe traumas but i also want to um kind of point out the comparative suffering that can kind of get in the way sometimes so just because your physical needs were met or like Maybe your, your, uh, caregivers were not, were physically abused by their caregivers and, and they stopped that cycle with you, but they weren't always the most emotionally available. That's emotion. Like I said a second ago, emotional needs are needs. Okay. And so you can look into attachment theory with this. There are a lot of things that therapists can help you work through, like your attachment style um, family systems theory, things like that to help you work through um, some generational trauma stuff. And so if that's not a good plug for therapy, if you want to learn more about those things, go down the therapy rabbit hole. But um, just here for in what's within my scope of work and what I feel like I can help you with um, or that we can look at with astrology is... Um, how do we show up that was that we only do it because it's what was modeled for us? And whether that's being, um, kind of always in a stress state because your folks were always in a stress state or, um, yeah, so if you want some more ideas, I will have, I have examples for literally everything., um, at the end of this episode. If you're in the membership, you can go and listen to the sign by sign and you can listen to just your rising and moon sign. Or if you want ideas for like just all the areas of life, you could listen through all of them, all of the signs. That's where you'll find all the examples of like ways this could show up, ways our lineage and our communities can impact our ways of showing up in the world. So one of them is being high strung or... Like, always stressed out because that's what was modeled for us. Or how we show up in relationships is another really kind of big one. Do we kind of choose relationships based on what was modeled for us? Or do we set boundaries and choose relationships based on what is healthy and needed for us in any given moment, right? So the purpose of looking at this, looking at the ways our lineages our ancestors our communities where we come from whatever that means for you like where you come from where you grew up how that impacts you the reason we're looking at that at those types of things for this full moon is so we can release what's no longer serving us so that we can show up in our best way in the world and so that kind of brings me back to um this nakshatra is ruled by ganesha which is cool. Ganesha is my favorite, uh, deity in kind of like of all of them. So Ganesha is said to be the remover of obstacles. So we'll get into that in the yoga practices. One of the yoga practices I think that's really indicated for this is the Ganesha mantra. And I'll talk more about that in a second, but the motivation of this nakshatra is artha, which is the pursuit of wealth. So it is okay, you know, you can go back and listen to... I did a Science of Light about the um, four aims of life. Um, so it is okay to pursue wealth. So not everything has to be, like, spiritual all the time. You know, Kama is one of them. And if you've ever heard of the Kama Sutra, it's been kind of misappropriated in the Western world. But pleasure, like, you're, it's okay to pursue wealth and pleasure. And you should also pursue... Um, purpose, like connection to the greater good, which is Dharma and, um, Moksha, which is like spiritual liberation. So all four of those things are kind of seen as like equal and we have to go through and like take turns, um, of which one we're focusing on. And this interestingly, so the ruling planet is K2. So K2 is like the spiritual aesthetic, like removing yourself From the world to learn spiritual lessons. So it's super interesting to me. That this nakshatra is like. With all those things. The rulers. Ruling planet. Ruling deity. um, And the aim of life. That rule over this nakshatra. It's like. Look at your shit. Your spiritual shit. So that you can show up. And pursue your physical manifestations. Your um, pursuit of wealth. Like. So that you can show up in the most magnificent and royal way. Look at your lineage. Look at how that has impacted you. What can you lean into? What parts of your identity um, can you lean into and really just wear on your sleeve and let them be a part of who you are? Um, Can you lean into and what parts uh, of the ways you show up in the world maybe you just do because that's how you've always done it or how your family or caregivers or community coming up always did it, you know, and just really take a hard look at those things And decide what's serving you and what you want to keep and what you don't. So with that wrap up in mind, now let's get into the yoga practices and journal prompts that I think will support you in doing so. So one of them is chanting the Ganesh mantra, which goes Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. And you can find like really beautiful things on Spotify or YouTube or Insight Timer. You could chant it 108 times with your mala. You could chant. You could listen to a song. You could do any combination of those things, and just know that it means "Go forth, remover of obstacles." Um, and it's it's my favorite mantra. So it's it's a really good one for this um, full moon. And then so a way to structure your yoga practice to kind of align with this energy. So. An active practice to align with the Leo energy, I think, would be good. But if you could make it a more flowing active practice, um, or if you can find your way to get near some water when you do it, especially a natural body of water, or even just, like, taking a bath. I think, actually, I'm probably about to go take a bath after I record this and have some salt bath, because um, the moon is already highly connected to water element, but um, so is Magha, the nakshatra. So... Making like a really flowing kind of dancey like practice that will connect to the water element, but if you can make it a little more active, that will connect to Leo. But then also, if you wanted to do a good pranayama, good breath work technique to work with this energy, um, using your breath to regulate the nervous system. So basically, that looks like extending your exhales a little bit longer than your inhales. That's what's going to help you tap into. Um, vagus nerve to kind of calm out of the fight or flight response. And the more you can practice that um, nervous system regulation, emotional regulation, it's going to help you show up in the ways that you're hoping to, when you might become hijacked by your old patterns or like ways of showing up that it's, what's going to give you the pause. And so you could practice it for as long as you want to. But what I would really encourage is practicing it when a stressful moment comes up, when you're tempted to act how you would always act, and you want to make a change. Um, just three deep breaths, exhale longer than inhale. And finally, your journal prompts. And as always, these are written down in the show notes for the membership. That's just another teeny tiny little perk um, the members get. But just to bring it all back home, number one journal prompt what parts of my lineage or perhaps like ancestral guidance like all the things we talked about that that could mean can help me shine better in the world and what parts of my identity can i lean into with courage and then you could maybe free write on that just think about what parts you want to reinforce what you what you really how you really want to show up in the world parts of your identity you really want to lean into and then number 2 In what ways does generational trauma show up for me? Are there any ways of being I hold on to simply because it's how I've always done it or the only thing I've ever had modeled for me? And then those are the things you can think on, um, especially if you go and listen in the membership to your sign-by-sign of what you might let go of. And so, of course, as always, you can find me and any links in the show notes, yogiscopes.com is my website, also my handle across social media. Please reach out to me if you have any questions or if I can be of support to you anymore. Happy full moon. Until next time.